Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I remember the first time somebody asked me if I had a bucket list. Well, my first reaction was to stare blankly at them. And my second reaction was to do a quick tally of what I'd put in my bucket list if I had one. Obviously, a galvanized steel bucket, a plastic mop bucket, an ice bucket. And I was clearly still looking a bit blank because the other guy said, you don't know what a bucket list is, do you? And I had to admit I didn't. Uh, And so he had to explain, it's a list of things that you plan to do before you kick the bucket, before you die. And now everywhere I go, I see people telling me things I absolutely must do before I die. Rough Guides lists the 50 travel experiences I absolutely have to have before I die. Esquire magazine tells me the 83 things a man has to do before he dies. Huffington Post has a list of 50 things I must experience at least once after the age of 50. I went into Waterstones the other day and saw a whole table of books with nothing but lists of things I had to do before I die. And I had looked through them. And to be honest, some of the ideas I looked at and thought, you know, even if I live to be as old as Methuselah, I'm not going to do some of those things. (laughs) But I did find the whole experience of browsing that pile of books quite thought-provoking. It reminded me that the span of my earthly life is limited. Throughout history, Artists, painters, have often included in their art little images of skulls to remind the viewer of their own mortality. And we had our own equivalent, our own ivy equivalent of that a few weeks ago when Ben uh, gave us all a paper measuring tape like the ones that you get in Ikea. The hundred centimeters on it represented each of the years of a human life. And we tore it off at the age we are now, so I tore it off at 42 centimetres. And then we tore it again. I know you can't believe that, can you? I'm 52. Um, We tore it again at the age we realistically thought we might live to. So we were left with a little stretcher, a little piece of paper that represented the remaining years of our life. And I still have it pinned to the notice board in my kitchen, and it focuses my mind on important big questions like, what do I value most in life? What do I show other people I value by the time and the resources that I spend on different activities? What do I want to achieve in what's left of the rest of my life? What will I regret not having done? I recently watched a short video on Facebook. It was some people putting a blackboard in the middle of a square in New York City. And they asked 
members of the public to write on it what their biggest regret was. And here's the thing, almost nobody wrote a single mistake they'd made in their life. It was the opportunities they didn't take that they wrote on the board. It was the things they didn't say, the risks never taken. That's what they actually regretted deep down, not the mistakes they made, but the opportunities they missed. Why does this matter? Well, it matters because deep down, each one of us wants to live lives of significance. We want to make a difference in the world in some way. We all want to make the most of the abilities we have and not miss out on something that could have been life-transforming. Well, that's true for everybody. But for those of us who are believers, there's another layer to this, which is this. The context of our lives are not simply the remaining sentences, uh, uh, centimeters on those paper tape measures. The context of our lives is eternity. Some of the choices that you and I make today, or words that we say to another person, could have eternal consequences. There are some things on my bucket list that I can plan for and do and then tick off quite easily. Uh, seeing the Grand Canyon, writing that novel, riding a Harley Davidson, whatever your items are. But there are some choices in my life that are more like little seeds that I plant. And with these, it may take years or decades or much longer than decades before small shoots begin to sprout. Okay, seed fact number one. A seed takes time to grow. Harvest time is in a different season from sowing. Well, you know that, and I know that. But quite often we struggle to apply that principle to our spiritual lives. Some seeds I won't see results from in the short term, or even this side of eternity. But that's okay, because some of the best things in life are not instant. Some things take time to grow. There are seasons in the spiritual life, just as there are in nature. And there's a profound conviction that lies at the heart of the Christian faith, which is that some of my choices, some of my actions, some of my words, I won't see fruit from in the short term, but they're still worth doing. In fact, planting those seeds may be the single most important thing on my bucket list. So for me as a believer, all this stuff about bucket lists and things to do before I die, all the videos on Facebook about not living with regrets, they remind me that it's not only about me making the most of my talents. They remind me that some of the choices I make and the risks that I can take today are tiny seeds that I can plant for other people. Seeds that will grow 
roots and shoots and branches and fruit, not tomorrow, maybe not even years from now, but on the horizon of eternity. So this morning's message for me is unbelievably simple. What's on your bucket list and does it include the sowing of a seed that could have eternal consequences? Seed fact number two. A seed is small. Well, duh. Of course most seeds are small. But this is what is great about sowing a seed. It's not difficult. Any of us can do it. But a seed, a tiny seed, contains in miniature the whole DNA of the mature fruit tree or whatever it is that it's a seed from. I just drop it into the soil in my garden or my allotment. And this is why I love the image of seeds. They're tiny and they're really, really easy. You see, I've got this theory that most of us suffer from what I call dream paralysis. Dream paralysis. We've got big dreams of ending world poverty or taking the gospel to the ends of the earth or planting a thousand churches in a decade. But sometimes the dreams and the visions that we have are so big that we feel paralyzed by the scale of the task. And the result is that all too often, because we can't do everything, we do nothing. I don't know if that's true for you, but I know that that's true for me. Because we can't do everything, we end up doing nothing. Or we lead it, leave it to visionary leaders who do know what they're doing. It's not that we don't have dreams and visions, it's that they're so big we don't know where to start. The answer that Jesus gives is to start small. Sow a seed. I love what Jesus says about mustard seeds. Uh, if you've ever eaten grainy mustard, you'll know how small the little mustard seeds are in it. Jesus said, what else is the kingdom of God like? It's like a tiny mustard seed planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds come and find shelter in its branches. And this is a theme that Jesus keeps on returning to in his teaching. He also talks about yeast, something else that's tiny, insignificant, but given time, it spreads and it transforms the whole batch. The reign of God in a human heart, says Jesus, starts small, there are some things that you and I can have on our bucket list that are so tiny and so easy but could have massive long-term consequences. And what I'd love for us to do briefly this morning is each to identify one tiny, apparently insignificant seed and add it to your bucket list. It might be a little seed of time quality time spent with another person so that you're sowing something into that person's life. Or it might be words. Words can also be seeds that are planted in another person's mind. Seeds of kindness or unkindness. Seeds of 
building up or tearing down, seeds of trust or distrust, seeds of faith or cynicism. In my hand here, I've got three seeds. Uh, they're so small, you can't see them from where you are. I promise you I've got them here. They're so tiny, they seem insignificant. But each one of these three seeds represents a decision or an action or a word that can have lasting effects. Let me tell you the names that I've given to each of these seeds. Three words, statement, yes, and hi. And I'm convinced that one of these three seeds is going to be relevant to everybody here this morning. Let me tell you what I mean by each of them. And then I'm going to invite everybody here, including myself, to raise a hand and say, yes, that's a seed that I want to be planting this week. Just one, not all three, just one. And I promise you, none of these seeds is big or scary. They're teeny-weeny and dead easy. First one, statement. The first tiny seed is to spend just five minutes this week looking at your bank statement, whether it's paper or online. Ask yourself, what kind of statement is my bank statement making about my values and priorities based on what it says I'm spending my, my money on? Back in the 16th century, the German church leader Martin Luther talked about three levels of conversion. He talked about conversion of the mind, conversion of the heart, and conversion of the wallet. Uh, and he said the hardest is the conversion of the wallet. Well, that was certainly true for me. It took me years to think properly about my money and my giving. One day, I finally decided to sit down and, uh, hang on, I'm going to put my three seeds on this stand here because my, my arm's getting a bit tired. They are still there. Oh, that's better. Uh, I spent five minutes looking through a bank statement to see what statement it made about what I really valued most in life because it reflected what I was actually spending my money on. And after I'd done that, it was quite a sobering experience. So I decided from that moment I was going to set aside a percentage of my monthly income to give to church and to other causes that I really believed in passionately. And it was one of the best things I've ever done. It freed me to be generous and to invest in projects that can make a, a lasting difference. So just five minutes looking over your bank statement can be a seed. And in a couple of minutes, if you think, yeah, I need to do that this week, I'll ask you to raise your hand and you can say, yes, I'll do that. Next seed, yes. Uh, for some people today, your seed, I think, is just one word, yes to God. Maybe it's your first time here at Ivy. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you've started to feel a kind of restlessness deep inside you or a curiosity to know more for yourself. 
Well, the, the whole journey of faith begins with just one small word. You don't have to see the whole road in order to take the first step. All you have to say is yes. I think I'm ready to step out in faith. So in a couple of minutes, you might want to sow a little seed by raising your hand saying, yeah, that's me. The third seed is, hi. Quick story. A small church in Leicestershire invited me over to talk to them about evangelism. They had all sorts of big, huge dreams and visions about hundreds of people coming to faith. Uh, but the more we talked about their dreams and visions, the more I felt something was not really connecting. And after a while, I said to them, uh, forgive me for asking this, but how many close friends do you actually have who aren't Christians? And we went round the room, and it turned out that none of them had any friends who were not Christians. Uh, the longer they'd been Christians, the more their lives revolved around the church and their Christian friends. And that was understandable because it felt like a safe place for them. But the result was that for them, evangelism meant guest services or evangelistic programs. What it couldn't mean by definition was having a natural conversation with a friend about your faith and the difference it makes to you. But all the evidence shows that by far the most likely way for adults to come to faith is if they have a friend who's a believer. They know that person, they see that their faith matters to them, so it just comes up naturally in conversation. Last Sunday, we heard Pastor Daniel from Kuala Lumpur saying that if one person brings one person to faith in one year, and that process continues, the whole world will be brought to faith in 33 years. It's simple and it's brilliant. My fear is that for many of us, that still feels daunting. It's like, where do I even start? Now, some of you know that my, uh, my day job is that I'm a writer. And my big project in recent months has been something called Faith Pictures. Uh, Faith Pictures is a free online course for home groups to help Christians share their faith. And I'm sure you'll hear more about it at some point because there are quite a lot of Ivy people taking part in the videos. It's also got the comedian Milton Jones and the Archbishop of Canterbury in it. Um, actually, really excited. Uh, last week, the Archbishops of Canterbury and York sent out 12,000 letters to church leaders encouraging people to get, get to grips with evangelism and outreach. And they included the flyer for faith pictures. I'm so excited. Uh, it, this seriously could go viral. So please, please pray for this because for many of, I think most of those churches, it will be the first time any of them have talked about sharing their faith or, or got to grips with evangelism. And it's going to go into a whole load of uh, high church churches, liberal churches, all kinds of churches where some of this stuff is not on the agenda. So 
Please do pray for it. I'm, I'm so excited. This is not meant to be an ad, ad break. Uh, the emphasis, the reason I'm telling you this, <laughs> is that the big emphasis in faith pictures is on where you start, on dead easy first steps. In other words, not the big picture stuff, but sowing a tiny seed. In the course, we ask people to think about the various circles they move in. So things like your family, people you meet at work, the golf club, VW owners club, whatever it is, the, the place where you meet people. In fact, just for 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds, turn to somebody near you and tell them two or three of the circles that you move in. Go. Okay, you can continue with all of that over coffee later. But in faith pictures, what we then try and do, by the way, I'm squeezing a six-week course into about five minutes here. Uh, we then try and help people to come up with a very simple word picture that says something about their journey of faith. Might be a roller coaster ride, or finding buried treasure, or an obstacle race, or a wrestling match. Any word picture, any image that helps people explain their faith story honestly to another person. But, you know, before we can even get to grips with all this kind of stuff, the first step in sharing your faith is to be friends with somebody who doesn't have a faith. Not seeing somebody as a target, not planning one-way communication, which, if I'm honest, I think sometimes evangelism has been. Each of you naturally chatting about your life and what matters to you as a friend. So it's two-way conversation, and it's about being there for that person, and it's about praying for them. And the place that all of that begins is with a simple, hi. And for many people this morning, the seed that you can plant this week is simply to say hi to one person who is already in one of your circles and start a conversation and they won't know this, but you will know this. You will commit to praying for them. It's a small, teeny, weeny, weeny seed, but it can be a seed that grows and can have eternal consequences for that other person. So what I'd like to do is just end by going through my three seeds again. And I'd love it if everybody here could just raise a hand 
and commit to planting one of those teeny-weeny seeds this week. And I'm going to raise my hand for one of them as well. So the first one then, statement. Is your seed five minutes this week looking over your bank account? Will you make a decision that you're going to reflect on what statement your bank statement makes about your priorities and what you could do with your money that could make a lasting difference. If that's the seed that you think you can plant this week, raise a hand. Fantastic. That's great. The next one is yes. Is your seed just that one word, yes, to God? Yes, I want to step out on a journey of faith. I don't have all the answers, but I know that's a step I'm ready to take and I have to take. <coughs> if that's you this morning and that's the seed that you want to plant, raise your hand now. Fantastic. That is so good. Um, thank you. Uh, we've got a booklet that we'd love to give you, give you more information about this. Hold your hand up. So uh, that is so fantastic. So keep your hand up and somebody who's near you is going to bring you a booklet. Did everybody who raised their hand then get a booklet? Yeah? Fantastic. Or number three, is your seed simply saying hi to somebody in one of your existing circles this week and starting to get to know that person and to pray for them? That's mine. Fantastic. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you give us big dreams and big visions. We pray that you'll save us from feeling so daunted and so paralyzed by the size of our dreams and visions that we actually end up doing nothing. Thank you that in the the words of Jesus, we have so many wonderful images of things that begin small and insignificant. But thank you that seeds that seem to be almost nothing can grow and can make all the difference in the world. So we pray that you will bless these three seeds that have been sown this morning that decision to start out on the journey of faith, that decision to revisit how we express what we care about by what we give to, and beginning a conversation simply by saying hi to one person. May they be seeds that grow and flourish and mature into eternity. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's amazing how something so small, such a tiny decision that you make, uh, can change absolutely everything. Uh, how you can decide to make a step of faith and maybe you don't see what's coming, but it changes everything. And when I think back over my life, uh, reflecting on what Mike was saying then, I can just see all of these tiny seeds and some of them have ended badly and some of them have, have, have birthed incredible things like my children have come from some of these seed decisions. And I remember right back in the very beginning of what was my, my Christian journey, um, planting one of these tiny seeds. And I don't think I even realized that's what I was doing. I definitely wasn't thinking about it that way. That wasn't the image I had in my head. Uh, I don't even know if I realized I was planting it. It was, it was way foggier than that. It was more like, maybe, maybe if this is real, I'll go along it. Maybe I'll take that step of faith, but I kind of need some help. And um, I prayed this bizarre prayer. I said, I said, God, if you're real, I don't want to change anything in my life. I'm not going to do anything differently. I just give you permission to come in and join me. And if you're real, then that would change something. And if you're not, then it won't. Uh, simple, you know, so I'm not going to change anything I do. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm up for a relationship if you want it. And lots of, lots of us put our hand up for this. Yes, you know, I want, I want to step out in faith. I want to take a step of faith. And for some of us, maybe that's a step of faith in work. Maybe that's a step of faith in family. And for some of us, it's a step of faith in terms of our, our relationship with God. And I, I feel like perhaps there's some people here who it's even foggier than that. Uh, that. That you're not even sure what that means. You can't really take the step because you don't know if you even entirely believe in Jesus, but you're open to him. You're open to the fact that this, this feels like there could be a God, that you've heard all these stories. And what I'd love to do is just, just have everyone close their eyes for a moment. And if that's you, and maybe it's a foggy thing right now for you, but you want to say, I'm open to God proving himself to me. I'm open to giving him permission. I, I just feel like I want to pray for you right now. And I'd love it if you could stick your hand up, like we had people stick their hands up before, just so that I can see who I'm praying with. Thank you. Does anybody else, can I pray for anybody else in this moment who just wants to say, I don't know if it's a yes or a no, but I'm willing for God to show me if he is real. Fantastic. Lord, I just want to pray that you will reveal yourself, that you will make yourself clear. In the same way that you did for me, when I wasn't sure, you made it so obvious that you were real and I wasn't just learning a religion, I was starting a relationship. I pray for these people that you will do the same for them. 
Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.